Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The first thing Jesus does. He teaches the people. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The primary thing we do here, other than worship, and of course hanging together and doing all those things, is to teach you the Word of God. Remember, how do we become an intern? By reading and listening. We teach people, here's how to do it. That's why I teach you. Teaching the Word of God is a primary thing that Jesus established. Any serious examination of what Jesus did during his earthly ministry will reveal that he spent the majority of his public time teaching people. Pastor Mark will be sharing the need for us as disciples of Christ to be constantly learning how to be a Christian. He will be reminding us that as Christ followers, we have an obligation to be good stewards with all that God has gifted us with. This includes the material blessings as well as the physical and personal giftings we've received. Pastor Mark will exhort us to remember that one day we will have to give an accounting of what we did with all these gifts we were given. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, Disciples, Interns in Training. You see, when you were saved, God then gifted you. And you're a steward of the things he's given you, possessions, money, time. And you're a servant to share people. We're all exactly the same. And we are going to give an account of how we use those resources, those talents at the end. So here's the lesson that they learned early. It's never about when you get before God on judgment day. It's about your sin. That's already been forgiven. But it's about what you've done with your gifts and talents. So here's the lesson. Write it down. Some Christians don't know this. Nothing to be afraid of, but it's a challenge to do things right. Know this. Know every Christ follower will be judged and evaluated. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You won't be standing with somebody. You'll be standing by yourself. And God isn't comparing against you and against anybody. He's just going to look at you and I, and he's going to say, what did you do with your time, your talents, your resources, your opportunities, your money? What did you do? How did you do with it? It's the quality and the quantity. Because when we're judged, we don't do that here because we can't. We're going to be judged by our, uh, basically our outward service, what we can see. But we're also going to be judged by our motives. See, we can't judge people's motives today, why they're doing this. But God knows. So our 
it's a challenge for you. The disciples had to stop and go, well, we did this and we did this. And maybe they said at one point, well, I didn't like when I was staying and I tried to move someplace else and it was worse. I should have listened to you the first time. All kinds of things like that. That was a waste of my time. So let me just put this on the overhead. It's kind of a pre-exam for you. It's good for all of us. How are you doing this morning as a steward, as a servant with God's gifts? Your time, come on. Your talents. Pastor Mark, God didn't give me any talents. Yes, he gave you talents. Every single one of us are gifted. Every single one of us. Resources, opportunities, i.e. a neighbor. I'm walking down the street. God says, go back and talk to him. Okay. Opportunity. God said to do it, I'll do it. It's all right. Is my motive right? No, I did it so I could use it as an illustration in church. (laughs) No, I did not. Didn't even think about using it till I was teaching last night. See, motive is a big deal. If I had the wrong motive and did great things, burned up, useless. And our money. Well, Pastor Mark, it wasn't money I have to do with it. It's my money. <laughs> Number one, wrong. <laughs> Everything you have came from God. Everything. It's a gift from God. You're a steward of that money. So they give this. Now, finish this verse 10. Then he took them with him. And he withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. We've been there many times in Israel. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Here's what happened. Jesus is tired. Remember, he's operating as a man. He's tired. The disciples come back. You think after that trip they were tired? Oh, they were tired. Ministry's hard. Sometimes it's just, it's just tiring. So they come back, and Jesus says, we're going to take a little R&R over here to the side. We're just going to relax for a little bit. So they go across the Sea of Galilee, and they get out of the boat, and they're going, finally, here's a little place we can rest. And what did they find? About 15,000 people waiting for them. If you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, you can stand here and you can, on this shore, and you can see who goes across that little seven mile lake. And these people over here go out to, that's Jesus. <laughs> and when they get out, they're going, ah, right? What did Jesus say? He said this to them. This is the Balmer translation It's my day of vacation. See ya. Some of you want, did he really say that? No, he didn't. What did he do? Well, let's read. Look what he did. You saw it. He welcomed them. You see, sometimes divine appointments are interruptions. You got it? He wanted to rest. We should have a Sabbath. We need times to rest. But in this particular case, As he looked at these people, now remember, he's looking at all these people, probably close to 15,000 people. As he's looking to them, all the time we see Jesus looking at people. He didn't just look at masses. It's like me looking at you this morning. What did he see different than you? He saw people, he would say it like this, they're sheep without a shepherd. They don't know how to do life. They need to be directed. They need provision. They need to be loved. 
And the religious leaders weren't loving them. They were taking advantage of them. They didn't know how to do life right. So the first thing Jesus does is, come on, sit down. I'm going to teach you. By the way, here's the lesson. The disciples, they're watching this. They're watching. What are they saying? What are they saying to Jesus? We're going to do ministry. We just got back from ministry. Where's our rest time? I don't know what they said to him, but they learned something. Here's what you want to write this morning. This is a huge lesson for all of us. Watch it. All people need to be taught, loved, and fed. The first thing Jesus does, he teaches the people. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The primary thing we do here, other than worship, and of course hanging together and doing all those things, is to teach you the word of God. Remember, how do we become an intern? By reading and listening. We teach people, here's how to do it. That's why I teach you. Teaching the word of God is a primary thing that Jesus established. Doesn't do any good to feed you. We love to do that. Poor people, bags for the kids at school, lunches for the weekends. You know, we do lots of that stuff. Missions to work. But if, if we feed people physically and don't touch them spiritually, what good is that long term? Nothing. So he does this. So, by the way, everyone here wants to be loved. Can I ask you just for a moment to stop? How many thousands of people are sheep without a shepherd? Hundreds of thousands of people. They don't know God. They don't know anything about life. They're headed to hell. Good people, most of them. Wonderful people. Good neighbors. Good co-workers. But they know nothing about God. That's why Jesus sends us out. They don't know we have to proclaim the good news to them. Now, look at verse 12. As Jesus is teaching, late in the afternoon. Late in the afternoon. So how long has Jesus been teaching? A long time. That's where I get my example. Most of you didn't get that, but you will. About 1.30 this afternoon when I let you out. It's called Balmer Minutes. I get it from Jesus. He's teaching forever. And the disciples go, hey, these people are hungry. Come on, Jesus, send them out to the villages. We don't have anything here. There's nothing here for them to eat. We're in a remote place. So the disciples look at the people. And they, by the way, they're not only hungry. The disciples are hungry. And they're saying, we need something to eat. And Jesus says, and they say, Jesus, tell the people to go and find food in the nearby villages. And as you walk through this, look what he says in verse 13. You give them something to eat. Say what? Now, this was a day that McDonald's didn't serve breakfast 24 hours. It was already late in the day. There's no breakfast there. They can't go to a drive-thru. Now, put yourself in, put yourself, you're an intern. You, you got 15,000 people. You didn't learn this in college. How are they going to feed them? Well, first of all, I had to find a restaurant. Can you imagine working in a drive through restaurant in those days? If there was such a thing. And you go up to the window and say, 
Remember, how many travel? And on, when you travel, you see this sign at fast food places. We accept buses. How many remember seeing that sign? What do you do at that place? You drive right on by, baby, because you, you get in there, you'll never get fed. Can you imagine what the drive through? Hi, can I help you? Yes, 15,000 Whoppers. Thank you very much. All the people run out of the building. It's over with. So there's no place to get food because they're in a remote place. Number two, they don't have enough money. There's no way to have money. And Jesus sends them out. And we don't have time because another part of the Bible and one of the other gospels kind of shares more about this. They calculate how much it's going to be. And it's like eight months wages. Well, they don't have that. And there's no place to get them. So basically, they're saying to themselves, and they found one boy, and they took his lunch with permission. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how that worked. Um, and it had five little teeny loaves of bread and two little fish. And they answered. Look at verse 13. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. And as we go and buy food for all this crowd. And about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples... Balmer translation, no problem. Had them sit down in groups of 50. Do you notice how sometimes, I mean, serving God is very spiritual. We need the Holy Spirit for sure. But sometimes it's just practical leadership and planning. Can you imagine if 15,000 people, Jesus set a table up at the front there somehow or whatever on the ground, and he had all this food for 15,000 people. What would that line look like? They'd be arguing. So he says, organize, sit them down, put them there, and then we'll take care of them. Do you understand when you came to this campus, there's been people all week organizing this for you. This morning, you have people in the parking lot. You have guest services people. People have been practicing for music, doing all these kind of things, getting the place clean. Kids studying their, their lesson for your children over there in that place. By the way, that's why we have children over there, so they can learn on their lesson. Some of you wonder why that is. We love kids, but they love there. They could not stand listening to me. They want to listen to do some games and stuff and Bible on their own part, right? So see, the, see what Jesus does? He says, get them organized. What are they learning? They're learning it. When we, this is something real quick. Acts chapter 6, there's a problem with feeding people. And all of a sudden, they sit down, pick, pick guys that are filled with the Spirit and, and have a good reputation, and we'll take, you take care of that. And where did they learn that? From this. See, if you walk into a building here today with your children, and the children's ministry is dirty, and nobody cares about kids, are you coming back? You'll never be back. So see, there's a lot of practical things that Jesus is doing. Set the people down, because they won't be able to be fed unless you set them down. And that's what happened. Now, as we go through, don't worry, there's all these crazy alerts that are going off all over the crazy world. It isn't about here. Relax. Some amber alert that started last night. Okay. Look at verse 15. This is important. What does an intern do? Obeys the boss. The disciples did this. So everyone sat down. So as you walk through this, what have the disciples been saying? I want you to write this down. Here's what the disciples have been saying. Jesus, we can't. It's impossible. Don't laugh because you and I would have said exactly the same thing. Why did they say it's impossible? Because they were looking at their resources. The disciples were looking at the need without God. And they were focusing on it as not an opportunity, but an impossible situation. 
What are you facing this morning that seems impossible? Jesus would look at the situation not as a problem, but an opportunity. Are you looking this morning at that which is basically impossible? Is God even in your formula? Put him in the formula. And Jesus is going to remind him of a principle. So look at verse 16. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. He prayed and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. What did the disciple learn here? And this is a huge principle for us. Prayer changes things. You see, Jesus didn't operate as God. He operated as a man, but he prayed to God. Last year in January, we did prayer and fasting. Remember, 6 o'clock in the morning for a week, and we fasted, and then we prayed at home. We're going to do it again this January. It changed our whole DNA of our church, our culture. We did it in August. It just changed it changed our church. Can I remind you this morning, later we'll see as we move through Luke, the disciples stop Jesus and they say this, hey, 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 we've learned a lot from you, but would you teach us how to pray? Why would they ask that question? Because they saw what happened. This impossible situation became possible because of prayer. Don't give up. Prayer is simply conversation with God. At the end of our services, we have people down front every week except communion week. At the end of the service, people can pray with you. They're not special, but their prayers are directed to someone who is. His name is God Jehovah. Don't be discouraged. Now, as all of this happens, they sit down and they, they distribute the food. Look at verse 17. And all, they all ate. Here's something that's amazing to me. And they were satisfied. Wow. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. What are we learning from there? Here's what they learn, and you need to be reminded of this. One day Jesus says this, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, humanly speaking, yeah, this is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. What lesson do we learn? Where God guides He provides. As I said, I've been a Christian 67 years. I've watched that my whole life. A few years ago, 20-some, we were trying to find land. We were in the school next door. We'd moved around everywhere. And we saw this piece of property. And we prayed about it. So I went to the owner. He said, we like to... this This is nothing but cows out here, just pasture. And I said, God... God's asked me to come to you, and uh, we'd like to buy 10 acres. So he thought about it, then he got back to me and said, no, I, I, can only, I can't break it up, but I can only sell 20 acres. I said, but we're like 400 people. <laughs> we can't afford 20 acres. We're not going to go in that kind of a debt. We just can't do it. So we went, okay, well, God's changed this, whatever, we'll do something else. Then we went back to prayer. And I said, I'm going to try one more time. I, don't know, I can't remember how many weeks it was. I went back to the individual. I said, can I ask you again, would it be possible for you to divide the land that we're on here in Melbourne and give us 10 acres? He said, yes. That's an answer to prayer. 
And so we, we started building on it. And about, after about five or six months, we had to go buy the next 10. Because <laughs> the church went crazy. But we just followed God and we were stewards. And by the way, I went back to him and he sold us the next 10 later for the same price. He sold us the first 10. That was a miracle from God. And the biggest miracle was this. I got the privilege to go to the hospital. I didn't know the man very well. To the hospital. Somebody called me to go. And I led him to Christ before he died. Do you understand? Do you understand? That's not about me. That's about God. Where God guides, he provides. About seven or eight years ago, we started the first video campus in Vieira. There was one other video campus in all of Florida. People thought we were total idiots. Now we have over 2,000 people there. We have a campus in Sebastian, about 300 wonderful people there. And there's over 2,500 video campuses all over the world. See, you can't listen to man. Impossible, impossible, won't work, ain't going to happen, ain't going to... Man, oh man, just listen to God. Let me encourage you this morning. Where he guides you, he'll provide. HD, it's coming. He's going to provide it because of you. Now, as you go through this, by the way, it's good for you to wake up your neighbor this morning and just say this to them with a smile, nice and loud. Possible. Go ahead and say it to them right now. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. What'd you learn in the sermon? Possible. Yeah. Put that baby on Facebook. All right, here we go. Then Jesus really for the very first time explains his mission just to his disciples, why he came. Look at verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private, he usually prayed in private, and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? In other words, you're around the town, guys. What are the people saying? Who, who do they think this is that's out and people's lives are being changed and raised from the dead and all? What, what are they saying? And they replied, well, some of these Jewish people say John the Baptist. You've heard that before. Others say Elijah from the Old Testament. Others tell others that one of the prophets from long ago has come back to life. So what they were saying is Jesus was the talk of the town, but the people didn't know who he really was. They didn't realize he was the Messiah. Verse 20 is one of the most important questions you'll ever answer. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said this, but what about you? I don't really care what people say. You're my interns. You're my disciples. And the you is plural. What are you disciples? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, the living God. You are God. While it's easy to sit back and enjoy other people using their obvious spiritual gifts, Pastor Mark reminded us that every single one of us is going to be judged by God regarding how we use the gifts he gave us to advance his kingdom. This is a sobering thought and one we would be wise to think about. The trick is to discover our spiritual gift and then get busy being used by God. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next installment of this sermon, Pastor Mark will continue in Luke 9, where Jesus will continue to minister to the people who came to see him. We'll also hear him ask his disciples the question we all have to answer, Who do you say that I am? We will hear what the disciples answered and we'll hear Jesus finally reveal his true reason for coming to earth and their reactions to this news. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.